Hallelujah. It's the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her, then, to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours through God our Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, believe it or not, that's a 17th century tune. Um, and I think I have a new favorite for the next couple of weeks, Jeremy. So thank you. Um, but I want to, I don't know, this is like, I've been thinking about this gospel story for probably a year. Um, ever since I came and first visited y'all, um, just as a layperson, And then I was ordained. And then... Um, I immediately got to work at your church. And um, for the past year, I've been tossing this story through my head um, about what service looks like to Jesus um, and what Jesus' service looks like to us. And uh, of course, you know, Jesus says, if you want to um, be greatest in the kingdom of heaven, he says, serve. He says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. So if um, you are wanting to do the one thing needful, or if you want the one thing needful, you serve others. But what is the one thing needful? Well, if you uh, hadn't noticed, for some reason, Lutherans call church on Sunday morning, not worship service. They don't call it Church, we do call it church. Um, they don't call it, um, I don't even know. Well, you know, we actually do call it mass. Um, and uh, many churches do call it, they say, you know, mass at 9 a.m. or whatever. Um, but our preferred term is the divine service. The reason why we call it the divine service is not because we are serving the divine. It's not because we are lifting our voices in praise, even though we're doing all that. It's called the divine service because God is serving us. The divine is serving us. The divine is teaching us with his word. The divine is giving us himself in the sacrament of the altar. The divine is calling your children, calling you by name in that font in the back. The divine service. 
Today we're doing divine service three. And so, once again, we think of the altar as the center of our worship. The altar is the cross here in worship for us. It is the cross on which Jesus died. Think of this altar top. Um, um, what is it called? Is like a gradenz or something? Forgive me. This altar top looks like the cross beam of a cross. It is Jesus, where Jesus was crucified on an altar, a cross for us, for our sins. It is the center of our worship. But it is also a table, this altar. This, this presence of God here, this altar, is also a table. It is where God dispenses his gifts. It's where he gives the food that he earned on the cross for your salvation. Yes, he died on the cross for your salvation. But how does he give it out? He gives it out on this table, this altar that is also a cross. So you can almost imagine God's grace, mercy, and peace coming down from heaven, forgiveness, and coming out of this altar, coming out of the cross to you. And we respond in some sort of service, a thanksgiving offering. We give back up through the altar, through the cross to Jesus. And that's the divine service. It's quite wonderful. It's what sets us apart, not only as Christians in the world, but as Lutherans. We're not sacrificing in the Mass Jesus again to the Father to earn forgiveness for ourselves. We are having Jesus sacrifice to us for the forgiveness of our sins. It's beautiful. And so we learn from Jesus what divine service looks like. Between two sisters that I guess got on each other's nerves. Mary and Martha. They're both fantastic, great people that we should emulate or act like to find out what it means to be a good Christian. I don't want you to think that Martha wasn't doing a good thing. She had Jesus in her house. She had him over. She invited him in. She was providing hospitality to this wandering preacher that no one else would have. And here she even quite possibly sets the standard for house churches in the early church. People that had a big enough house, you know, think of like your front room or your family room, probably the biggest room in your house. That's where you would host church that week because all the people could fit in there. You could even maybe, um, you know, section off portions of your house to do specific religious things like, you know, in this room, we're going to baptize people and then. We're going to bring them into this main room and have a church service. And then we're going to, after the church service, have communion after the people that are not Christian yet have left. It all flows from this Luke story. And lest I forget to mention that Martha, being a young woman in the first century, inviting her rabbi 
over to her house was not only groundbreaking, but scandalous. Wow. This woman, Martha, is learning from a rabbi? Only men have done that before. But wait, aren't Herod's household managers, isn't his wife following that Jesus? Isn't Mary the Magdalene following Jesus? Isn't his mom following him around? Is he a rabbi or is he something else? And may we forget that it says this woman named Martha, she was distracted with much serving. And this distracted word is too kind. When I studied it, it looks like this is she was dragged around. Which leads me to believe, as your pastor, that she would prefer to be the one sitting at Jesus' feet and learning, but she had to cook dinner, right? Sure, I would love to sit and chat with the company. I would love to do all that, but someone's got to cook dinner, right? Someone's got to set the table. Someone's got to do the dishes, But where does the, where do the problems start? The problems start with, she's looking at her sister Mary in the other room, and she's just building up malice, anger. I can't believe my little sister is in the other room, not helping at all, and I'm peeping in there constantly and making sure everyone sees me peeping, because I'm, I'm not going to tell everyone that I'm upset. Right? I got to be passive aggressive. And then when no one is catching her bait, because everyone is, of course, listening to Jesus. Imagine Jesus is at your house. You could ask him any question. You could listen to from the source all of his teaching. He's probably talking about how, you know, I have to go to the cross. I have to die for your sins. If you believe in me, when I rise again, you'll have eternal life. And Mary's just entranced. But Martha's scheming. And she goes up and Jesus is like, you know, probably, um, you know, um, come to me all who are heavy burdened. And like mid-sentence, Martha goes, Lord, do you not care that my sisters left me to serve alone? Like, hey, be quiet for a second, Jesus. Are you Lord? And remember, when she says Lord, that's like she's calling him Yahweh. God, God, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her, tell her to come help me. Pretty rude. Imagine, you know, we love to order God around. Maybe not always in this uh, on the nose of a way. But we, we, we try to tell God what to do. Instead of asking, instead of receiving what we already have, we try to ham-fist it. But God bless Martha. God bless Martha because someone had to do it, right? Someone had to be the example for us today. If you notice, Mary, her sister, she never even talks 
This whole story, she never even talks. She only receives Jesus' teaching. She only listens to Jesus, receives his word. This word that gives life. Poor Martha, she's mistaken. She thinks she's hosting Jesus. She thinks she's providing hospitality to Jesus, whereas she could be receiving hospitality from Jesus, the true host, the host at this table, the host that I have to respect when I'm giving out his body and his blood to all who are attending. Martha, she's mistaken. Instead of receiving, she's trying to do. What has Jesus said earlier in Luke? He said, who is my mother and my brother? Who is my sister? The one who hears God's word and does it. And so if you haven't noticed by now, I'm pitting up this idea of Doing and doing and doing. Busyness. Against receiving God's gifts. Receiving Jesus' mercy. Doing for Jesus is amazing. It's what we're called to do. To do for Jesus. To be Jesus to all those people out there. To our families. To our friends. To our co-workers. To the sad people at Jewel. But please, how can we do that if we don't receive first? If we don't receive divine mercy, if we don't receive divine service from Jesus? One of my professors that I highly respect, he would always say this about this story. He would say, receiving Jesus' divine service is not the busyness of human doing, but the stillness of listening to the words of Jesus. That's where it starts. Think of how busy you are. Think of how busy you say you are to your, even your, your closest friends, your family, your pastor. I can't do that. I'm busy. Or I'm doing this, so I'm busy. Think of... Work, your work responsibilities. Think of um, what you're doing to volunteer for your kids' extracurriculars, for your kids' sports. Think of all of that stuff you're doing. Think of, you know, being on coffee hour this week. Think of cutting the grass, not only at your own house, but at the church. I don't have time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Well, one thing's needful says Jesus. You're anxious and troubled about many things, says Jesus. But one thing is necessary. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, which won't be taken from her. That last part is kind of freaky. Where did it come from, Jesus? Wait, what's being taken from Mary? Or what is not being taken from Mary? What's going to be taken from me? Remember, a lot of what he's doing and teaching in these chapters all goes back to the parable of the sower. Some seeds fall on the rock, and they don't even take root. 
They just die there on the rock. Some seeds fall on soil with weeds and they grow a little bit, but they're choked and they die because of the weeds. And some seed falls on good soil and with a good heart bears fruit. And Jesus says, this seed is the word of God. Be careful, Jesus says, lest the devil take it from your heart. And so we bring up what I have been thinking about for the last year. Think of a gas tank in you that makes you go. You're running only by the mercy and grace of God, the gas that fills up your tank. And you find yourself preoccupied with busyness and you burn the gas of God's mercy. You're burning it low. And it just seems to be depleting more and more. I think what Jesus is doing here is he's urging you to stop burning up your gas with distractions, with smoke and mirrors, with what you think is important, and to focus on the one thing needful, the one thing that fills up the tank instead of takes away the seed of the word of God. Let it take root in your heart. Water it. Read the scriptures. Talk about what you learn from them with your families, with your friends. Talk about them to God in prayer. Start your day with prayer. End your day with prayer. When you forget to do it one day, say, whoops, and do it today. Knowing and having the, the, the comfort of knowing that it adds to you. It gives you life. It is the bread of life. It is the overflowing spring and fountain It is the one thing needful, the good portion. It's when your mom says, okay, brother and sister, okay, brothers, okay, sisters, you have to split this brownie. One of you is going to cut it, and one of you is going to pick what side you want. And when your brother cuts it, you pick the good portion. It's only logical. Choose the good portion. Choose to start your day, end your day. Preoccupy your thoughts. Put on the mind of Christ. And don't forget, each week Jesus is teaching. He's teaching not only here in the service. He's teaching in your homes, in the scriptures. And he's teaching in the adult hour in the fellowship hall. Remember what happens to people distracted in the kitchen. Remember the dangers of what can happen to the word in your heart if you neglect the one thing needful. How do I invite Jesus into my home What can I learn from Martha? 
I can invite Jesus into my home and have him remain host by sitting at his feet as he teaches, by reading his word, by filling up my tank while all that other stuff takes away. Work, schedules, obligations take away. God's word gives life and gives it in its fullness. Ted Kober, in his book Built on the Rock, says that a healthy church has at least half of its worship attendance attending Bible study after service. Why does he say this? It's, it's because it's where your faith journey could begin. It's where it is fed. It's where you ask questions. It's where you receive grace, mercy, and peace from the word as you chew it over and digest it in your small intestine. And Paul says, I'm doing all these things in the Colossians reading today. He says, I do all these things so that, he says, I labor with tears so that I can, the teaching that he's doing, so that I can present you, the congregation, to the Lord as mature in Christ, as a Good sacrifice. So what is a pastor doing other than helping, teaching, feeding his flock so that they can be presented mature in Christ to the Lord? And so I finish on today's psalm, Psalm 27. Though an army encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rises against me, yet I will be confident. Why? Why does David have this confidence? He says, one thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after. There's one thing I want to do. He says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and to ask questions of his word in his temple. And so, we leave this divine service of Jesus and we go out into the world with plentiful opportunity to inquire, to ask questions of our Lord in his temple. And we go with the earnest intent to receive like Mary, 